On this episode of the Remote Millionaires Podcast, I'm going to be interviewing RM member Richard Cronin. Richard is based in New Zealand, but he's going to be relocating to Nashville in the United States. One of the amazing things about that is Richard's been able to build a remote marketing agency that will continue to function even though he's moving from New Zealand to the U.S. In this episode, we talk about that, how he's been able to do that, why he's doing the things he's doing. Also, we talk about how your past job experience can help you become a better entrepreneur. Plus, Richard shares his best tips on how to do exactly what he's doing. Be able to walk away from your job and do a remote marketing agency full time. You're going to love this episode. It's really great. I had a lot of fun recording it. And Richard is a great example of what you can do when you put your mind to it. So sit back, grab a cool drink and enjoy this episode of the Remote Millionaires Podcast. You're listening to the Remote Millionaires Podcast, the show for aspiring and established entrepreneurs looking to create and scale six and seven figure success online without being chained to a job, location, or computer. That's right. We're going to show you how to build wealth from anywhere. I'm your host, Tom Gaddis. Let's dive in. Aloha and welcome to the Remote Millionaires Podcast. Richard, how's it going, man? G'day, Tom. How are you? I'm fantastic. I love the shark in the background yeah, up there on the bookshelf. Oh, uh, easy. Yeah, well, which, yeah, whichever yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always yeah. like, it's that way. <laughs> so I keep the shark up there. He, he Well, he keeps me focused and uh, over your shoulder, you know, keeping an eye on what I'm doing. And I keep that Coca-Cola thing up there as well, because I think my first big employer was Coca-Cola, and they, they taught me a huge amount about branding and how you take a brand to market and look after it. So it's always sort of been up there just reminding me of that. Ah, oh, don't forget that because I want to. I want to talk about that because you brought up a good point there. But first, I want to tell listeners just a little bit about you while you're on the podcast. So, Richard is in. You're in New Zealand, right? Yeah, Christchurch, New Zealand. So we're down down the South Island. After us is Antarctica. So that's how far south we are. Oh wow! And uh, you, you. I know you have an agency. That you're actually getting ready to move to the states, though, here pretty soon, right? Yeah, my uh, my wife, as talented as she is, she works for an American company and they've given her a global role and made the terrible mistake of giving us both green cards. So <laughs> we're coming to live in Nashville, Tennessee uh, in September this year, uh, which is pretty exciting for us. So really looking forward to it. We've been to Nashville before and, and I love the States. And so I just can't wait. I'm itching to get over Yeah, I went to Nashville because I used to be a restaurant manager for Logan's Roadhouse and they had their their corporate headquarters were there and I had to go there and do some training. But you know, what's interesting about this is because you have a business, you have a remote agency in New Zealand. And when we were talking before we got on this podcast, you're like, oh, we have the New Zealand arm of the business. And it's like, that's going to sound so official once you get here (laughs) into the States. You're like, oh, well, we're international, right? We're international. But that's the advantage of doing the type of business that we do. So maybe you can, I know you mentioned Coca-Cola was your first employer. Maybe you can tell listeners just a little bit about, you know, what your past sort of work or entrepreneurial history is and how you ended up in this kind of remote digital agency game. Yeah, sure. Look, I started working with Coke when I was 20. So they took me as a, as a young mind and, and molded me. It was a huge amount of fun. It was a great company to work for. And, and Coke have got a lot of really good disciplines that, that I followed through my sales and marketing career. I, I sold beer for a long time. And then I sold spirits and I sold wine as well. So I was in the beverages industry for, uh, for sort of 15, 16, 17 years and, uh, and learned a lot and, uh, and achieved a little bit as well. Then I worked for myself. I had a couple of my own businesses 
And and so then I sort of did some short-term contract stuff for a while before I got picked up by a currency company looking after the South Pacific. So all the islands, we've got Samoa, Tonga, Vanuatu, those places, I looked after all those. And that introduced me to seasonal workers where I had my own business with them, supplying them with some goods, some services, those kind of things. And it was through that that I started to pick up on digital marketing and things like you know websites and how to sell e-commerce and, and those kind of things. So I started looking at a few products and, and things that were around there. And it was about 2017. So I went back to just working for myself again. And, and then in 2019, I think, oh, the end of 2019, I, I, I happened upon a Sharks, offline Sharks presentation one day, and uh, that was for AGM. And, and I thought, oh, why not? And I'd never spent a large sum of money on anything before. I'd, say, I'd like spend 50 bucks here or, you know, $19 there and stuff. And I, didn't, I sort of brought gimmicky things that I thought, oh, I'll make a million dollars out of them, you know. And they are just, that's the problem. There's a lot of gimmicks out there. But I found AGM and thought, that's a really good idea for getting to, to reach the people I want to sell to. And, and so I got into that. And then I joined your private coaching and just never looked back. I mean, that's been, that's been a great ride. And the last couple of years have been a lot of fun and really developed so much. So, I mean, I've shut down my other business that, that was my mainstay. And this is now all I do is, is digital marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you've been in our community for a while and it's been awesome to watch your growth and the things you're doing. And for those of you listening who may not know, so Offline Sharks is our another arm of remote millionaires. They're two in the, or one in the same. We do a lot of, of a Facebook group and some other stuff. Remote Marketing Agency Owners is the Facebook group. You should go check it out. But AGM that Richard's talking about is a, a course called Agency Growth Machine. And it's a, a specific prospecting method we developed where we build these community websites and we use them as a foot in the door. So Richard Richard has exploded that in New Zealand because how many of those community websites do you have? I got 25. Is that all? That just, yeah, 25? just 25? Just 25. You might want to come back. When you have 26, Richard, then talk yeah. to me when you have 26. <laughs> I think there's actually, I've got a list of another 12 that we could do. And I think, but I, I think if you look at the 25, you know, 10 of them, uh, really, what we work on, and we've we've propagated correctly, and you know we've made them look pretty, and all those other things as well. There's been another team that have got a bit of a base layer, and there's another five that are still sort of just sitting there with the the front stuff that we like to put up. We've we've you know yet to find the time to get round to them, but I think you know and sort of and what I've been doing in remote millionaires has given that a lot more structure than it had before I come into remote millionaires. So, you know, the, the real beauty of that is that, um, you know, we've got a clear plan now and they will all, I think by the end of this year, they'll all be looking glorious and doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because when you were first starting to build these these sites and things, right, like you were doing most of the work yourself and you were trying to do all the prospecting and 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 do it all, right? Yeah, and, that, and look, I think it's something that a lot of people, especially in this space, it's real easy to fall into the trap of only I can do it. And and I think that's another, there's been so many good learnings for me in RM, as I call it for short. You know, RM's, you know, you don't, don't have to take all that stress and all that time and energy by thinking that you have to do everything yourself. You know, it is, there's a way you can farm it out to other people and, and, and get accountability and, and get the job done even sometimes better than you can do it. You know, so there are some things you've got to control yourself, but there's plenty of things you can give to someone else to, to do for you. 
And what services do you mainly focus on in your in your agency? Yeah, we're, we're primarily focused on social media. We actually do content creation. So, so digital marketing for us, our lead product has been making videos, custom-made videos for customers that they, they, they then use on their social media and their websites and those things. And that foot in the door with that service, if you like, has led on to so many other things that we've done, everything from competition entries to, to sales funnels, to landing pages, to you know, all lead generation, all sorts of other things that people sort of go, oh, well, you know, how do I do this? And we sort of, well, we can do that for you. And they're like, okay, just do it, you know. And and so it's been it's it's been really exciting. The last twelve months in particular have been really exciting for that. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch. The you know, it's it's one of those things where when you're when you're building a business based around the model that we kind of teach in remote millionaires. A lot of times it feels like not much is happening in the beginning or like you're moving at a snail's pace, but then all of a sudden you reach this kind of tipping point where a lot of stuff happens, right? And uh, for you, you were doing a lot of the things yourself, trying to work all that out. What does the inside of your business look like today? Like who's on, you know, who's on your team? What do you have there? And then I have some follow-up questions after, after we go through that. I had I hired an appointment setter in 2020, my first appointment setter, first hire really, Jasmine. And and Jasmine sort of became a bit of a running mate and just a girl Friday, you know, she would just be able to take everything. She's, you know, she's really good. She's from the UK, living out here in New Zealand. And so, you know, she's a really capable administrator. So she quickly sort of moved into more of a operational side of things for me and and kept me organized as well. Because I think you've got to find if you if you wind up just jumping to the next shiny thing or hot hot footing it to the next job or task, you know. You kind of miss the, the steps you need to take to get there and do it properly. And so Jasmine was really good for me in that sense because my wife would just not have, she, she did enough of it. She's, she's not putting up with me like that anymore. So so Jasmine was great. And then we sort of got to the point where it was, she had a lot of things on, she had twins, which was just wonderful. And and so that really took up her time and energy last year, obviously, as it would. Um, we sort of got to Christmas and it was just too hard to get consistent, you know, reliable timings and stuff out of it. So she sort of stepped back out of that role and then I sort of thought, right, I need to replace that function with more than one person so that we're getting you know, better delivery. And I brought in a, the operating system we've got, Go High Level. I brought in a Go High Level specialist, someone who just runs Go High Level, and, and she's been fantastic for me. That was the best thing I did was, was go and get someone who knew our operating system better than I did because I can learn as much as I like about it, but if it's all down to me having to learn something before I implement it, then that slows the whole process down. And if you slow that process down, you slow down your revenue as well. So, you know, to, to put that person in was key. Then getting things like graphic design sorted, getting our web design team developed and, and set up, um, and then getting our processes all put together as well. So we're still, we're still you know, probably in the need of having someone who's a really good operational head for all of that and just sort of, you know, points and shoots. But I've assumed that role for the meantime although I'm, I'm fast running out of time to be able to do that justice. Yeah, well, there's a couple of really great points that you hit on there. One is, you know, you talked about, oh, look, we're going to be using this new, we're going to be using the software, go high level. Like, I'll just go find a go high level specialist to help me with that. Like that, for those of you listening, because one of the, one of the things that we focus on in Remote Millionaires, right, is not that we just don't do the work ourselves, but that we have systems and processes in place and also the skill of hiring team members, right? Which as you know, Richard, it's a learned skill, right? Like it seems 
very scary when you've never done it and you've never tried it. And it's a, it, and the more you do it, the better you get to where, you know, I remember when you were just looking for website designers and all that stuff. But once you know that skill of, of, of how to find people that can help you, like you're able to do exactly what you just said, which is like, oh, I have a new software. Well, I know how to find and hire somebody who can help me do that. And it really takes the stress and the confidence out, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and having, um, I think RM has been really good for giving me that process. I was doing it beforehand, but I was doing it pretty rough and ready. Um, yeah. Now I've got a bit of structure to go with it and write down the things like interview questions. We've got one right here from last week with my new graphic designer is, uh, you know, you know, I print out what four pages of interview questions or things that I want to know and sort of put a few notes on it before I have a Zoom call with that person and and go through and record it. So afterwards, I can sit there and actually assess that properly. Whereas I used to just hop on a Zoom call, um, have a yarn with them and go, yeah, they'll do, you know, and it's yeah. a bit too flippant. You know, you've got you've to yeah. apply a bit of structure, especially when you're bringing people into your team. Otherwise, you're just going to get people who are, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, and you're building a real business, right? You need people you can trust and good people. Like they're going to make your company. Yeah. And that, I think that makes the biggest difference is once you start putting three or four of those people together, the whole thing gains a lot more momentum very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, and what's really great about that process too, and and building a business around this business model is, again, we were talking about this before we hopped on this podcast, like you're now in a place where the business is so systematized and the processes are in place that you can literally have someone just come in and, and run that arm of the business for you while you're building out a new thing in Nashville and you couldn't do that before, right? Like it would have been, it would have been a nightmare. So yeah, I mean, congratulations on that. It would have just crumbled in a big heap. And I would have had really angry customers as well going, you know, I've had to give a lot of personal assurances to the people that have been working with me right from the start. They say, well, what happens when you when you leave? You know, yeah. and and I'm saying, look, I'm I'm gonna bring someone in who is more than capable of replacing my function and will actually deliver better things for you in the long run because uh, you know that's uh, that's and it's a guarantee i've had to make so otherwise you know it's their businesses that we're dealing with and uh, they're not going to take kindly to me failing them when i've committed to a service already and i've done so much work for them already so yeah it's pretty it's exciting though but it's a real big yeah. challenge and, and i think and it's a little nerve-wracking it makes you feel a little funny in your stomach when you're thinking about doing those things i mean because it is right like it's an unknown it's you just have to as an entrepreneur as you are you just have to kind of get comfortable with that that kind of uh, I'm not in the best spot feeling, right? Or like I'm working to get I'm working to get past this. I always feel like we're in an awkward spot in our business, you know. That feeling kind of never goes away. Hey, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Richard, was you mentioned that you worked at Coca Cola, and one of the the things that I think a lot of people and maybe people listening to this episode kind of take for granted is how the experiences from whatever job or thing they're doing actually apply to the business they're trying to build, right? And you mentioned Coca-Cola really helped you kind of see how you take a brand and how you do those things. But there, you know, there are lots of skills and lots of different jobs that people can leverage once they become an entrepreneur. What do you think are a couple of the bigger ones that you sort of learned at Coca-Cola that have helped you do what you're doing now? I, I think a company like Coke is, is, you know, teaches you what a brand actually is. Um, and how you look after a brand. There's there's a bit of a misconception that that Coke sells itself. 
you know, if Coke sold itself, then it wouldn't need a, a sales force of thousands of people globally. But there's there's a number of other things that Coke do, which you know, you, you don't really you don't see them as a consumer. You 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 do see them, but your brain doesn't doesn't register them. And there's things like you know that Coca Cola writing on the, up there. Every twelve years, Coke changed from using Coca Cola on their labels to using Coke. And so they switch those two words around. So we call it Coke, we call it Coca-Cola, but we know it's exactly the same thing, you know, but they do that. They they call it Coke for 12 years and then they change it to Coca-Cola again for another 12 that years. That is interesting. I had no idea they did that. When you go into a, a convenience store and there's like seven or eight fridges, you'll find that the Coke one, typically first in flow, they like to be there. The other brands will obviously compete for that space as well, but all the Coke products, as in Coke, Diet Coke, caffeine-free, all of that, the stuff that is called Coca-Cola, right, will all be in one door. And <laughs> it will, it's called a black door. And it's you put all your Coke products of different sizes in one refrigerator because that actually increases sales by 8%. You know, well, see, so what, just, I, what I find so interesting about that is like when you're looking at a company like Coca-Cola, and this can, can apply to whatever size business you're trying to run, they've obviously, you know, start, they've thought the process through all the way from, the manufacturing to when the person walks in the store, right? Like they, 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 they sort of imagine the world as the customer sees it and how their product fits in there. Right. And whatever type of business you're building, that's always very, very good to do, to think, to try to get yourself and your business ideas out of your head and think about your customer. You know, when a, when a customer comes to me as a digital agency you know, what are things they've probably encountered and problems they've had, you know, like you, you know, this from experience, Richard, a lot of people have had bad experiences with website designers. So, you know, this is a story I've used a lot, Tom, is there've been so many cowboys in this industry over the years. And I think back to about 2004 and, and, you know, and here in New Zealand, there were companies running around in 2004, 2005, charging $70,000 for a website. And you look at them, they're nothing but a landing page, and they're a poorly done landing right. page too. They were terrible. They're shocking. And and every company, you had to have one. If you didn't have a website, you weren't keeping up with the modern age. So a lot of businesses got burnt. And a lot of those small to medium businesses who we deal with now, you know, they've been burnt by some backyard, you know, hick that's gone out and, and just, you know, ripped them off for five grand. And they've gotten nothing but something that just doesn't work. And it's... It's, a, it's poorly done. Everyone goes with it. So that's a, that's something that's really confronting for us as digital marketers. It's like, well, the people before us kind of burned a lot of bridges. So establishing trust and using rapport to establish that trust is just critical to everything you do. But uh, you know, being able to present yourself as as an authority and and also you know someone who is trustworthy, it, credibility is everything in this game, and that's that's, that's the biggest difference between using some products and using others. I think there's too many things. I've had a lot of things that I've, I've brought out of America over the last couple of years. They just don't have the credibility to work here in New Zealand. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't resonate. I can't hire a Filipino call center to do my phone calls for me because if a Filipino rings up a New Zealand business saying, oh, we just want to check your business details and that, they're like, this is some kind of a spam call. And, uh, and they just hang up on you. You know, so you're not going to reach a business owner by using those things you have to find more ways of being a lot more genuine and presenting yourself with, you know, accountability and all those other things that go with it that they're looking for. Yeah, so true. So true. One of the questions I love to ask us on the show is like, 
what keeps you motivated day to day? Like what keeps you getting up? And Because it can be a little bit of a grind, right? We're trying to start a business. We're trying to do all this stuff. We don't just spring forth with these automated businesses that we can you know, move to a whole nother continent and, and become an international conglomerate easily, right? Like it takes a lot of work. So what keeps you motivated day to day to put the, to put the time in? The, the threat of violence from my wife. You know, that's how uh, that goes a long way. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. The threat of violence. You, will, you will work today. You will not go and play golf. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Well, accountability, right? Like having a lot of people just really don't have accountability, whether that's your, you know, your wife, your partner, your, your business partner, or whether that's other people in a community, right? Like a lot of times we talk about that in the remote marketing agency owners, Facebook group, right? Like, we, we want to keep it. We want to yeah. hold each other accountable. We definitely focus a lot of that uh, in remote millionaires, right? We have, we have weekly check-ins. We have, you know, people set their goals, like our team helps hold them accountable. So, you know, accountability is a huge piece, right? Of just staying yeah. motivated, right? I know like I want to get things done because I don't want to let Nick down, right? Like, and I know he's counting on me to do stuff. So, you know. Yeah, I think it's being serious because my wife, heard me say that she probably would be me um, <laughs> but, um, yeah see and and I'm, I'm very lucky i've got you know my the support of my wife has been fantastic and she's just gone if you want to do that go and do it you know and she hasn't been involved in the business at all she's sort of seen some of the things i've done and oh that's cool you know but uh, but she just left me to it so uh, which is, is really nice and uh, you know so but i'm sure good support there but i think being in the in the shark community you know from when i started with private coaching and offline sharks that that introduced that accountability right away. So I sort of I've always had it right from the start. It's like, hey, you know, you've got to be there. And it also showed me the you know the fact you needed to have the the credibility that went with it as well. And um, and so that's always been my focus. Then RM Remote Millionaires come along, and as myself and another member of RM Norm, you know, Norm and I have bounced off each other right from the you know we joined the same week, and and we you know we pretty much keep each other accountable. And, and what we're saying and doing and how you get on with this and stuff. And I think he's he's proven that, you know, you, you put a bit of application to it. There's massive results come out of this. It's a really beneficial thing. Yeah, it's really great. I was just talking to Norman the other day. And he's like, man, I really feel like I have a business now. You know, like things are happening without me and all that stuff. It's great to see that kind of stuff. Richard, what's one of the biggest lessons that you think you've learned since you've been in Remote Millionaires? I think it's... I, I've. I've taken far too much on myself and not not used a good process for disseminating that to to other people. It slowed my progress down. You know, but you I, think I, is I, the opposite, right? You think the more you do, the faster you'll you'll get there. But the reality is, keep, it I actually hinders your success. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a mouse wheel we hop on. It's a productive mouse wheel. Don't get me wrong, but but I keep on taking more and more in with me, and and it slows it down. You know, so I've got, oh, I've got to go and do that, and I've got to go and do that, and. You know, I mean, I've got a hundred things on my on my plate this week. You know, but my first responsibility, and this has always been the case this year, especially, is my paying customers come first. You know, to fulfil those tasks to get those things done is first and foremost, because otherwise, without that base, you, you're not going anywhere. And then to try and juggle with fixing technical problems that I don't have the knowledge or depth to understand, or actually to be able to correct. I've had some real issues the last few weeks finding a contractor with a very specific set of skills. So, and, and as it turned out, I ran into a guy that I built a website with. He's a, a different kind of tech company, but they did it for me anyway, uh, back in 2016, 2017. 
and I ran into him uh, last week and said, do you know how to fix these? You know, he says, well, I don't, but the kids do, which is all his developer team. Calls them the kids because they're all like, you know, 19. And, uh, and he says, mate, they'll be able to do that, no trouble at all. We've actually done it in the past for other people. So that's got the, you know, that's sorted out this week, which is fantastic. So you just got to keep on going. You'll find the resources you need to keep going. And, and I think that's something where I haven't put the hammer down hard enough at times and I've taken too much responsibility on myself to uh, try and get it. And in doing that, you slow your business down and you slow your growth down. So I'd, I'd, I'd avoid that if I did it all over again. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great tip. And it, it seems so counterintuitive. My final question for this episode is for somebody who's listening to this show and they're like, man, I really think like I could give this whole remote digital agency thing a go. Like, do you have like one, one word of advice, one thing that you think would be good for them to do to, to help them get that journey started? Yeah, I think it's, I think it starts small. It's something I, if I, I've been preaching this a bit uh, the last year is that we've seven big banks in New Zealand and, uh, and five of them suggest that you should get a side hustle. You should get something going to make some extra income. If you want to buy your first home, then you need to find another form of income as well as the one that you're making. And I think digital marketing is, is a really good place for that. If you're a, if you're a traveling sales rep or you work in a, a retail store or whatever it is you do, you know, if you've got a laptop, then you have the ability to make money at home outside of your normal workhouse. And you could easily make some QR codes for the guy down your street who's got an electrician business or something and, and put them on his van so that everyone can get their details of that QR code. Or, you know, there's a lot of simple things you can do like that. And I would start with something really simple and small and then get that going and then look at something else, you know. I, you don't have to just like try and go, oh, I've got to quit my job. I'm just going to do this full time because you won't make any money. Yeah, you, you will fall flat on your face. You need to build your way into it with a plan. Um, and that that's that's what I'd suggest is just get a plan going, build your way into it, and uh, you know, you'll be a part of it. And after a couple of years, I mean, my biggest regret, the only thing I well, the only thing I not regret, but the only thing I wish had happened was that I'd uh, I'd found you guys, the uh, the offline sharks, back around twenty seventeen. That would have been would have been fantastic. I mean, I couldn't imagine where I would be today if that was the case. You know, but but it would certainly be, you know, it'd be a it'd be a big number. Well, I appreciate that. And that's really great advice, like starting small, working your way into it, remembering it's a process that we, when we build these, I mean, we're building real businesses, right? It's a process. Well, Richard, this has been an amazing episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it. If you have any questions, you can always check out remotemillionaires.com. Also, if you go to remotemillionaires.com forward slash podcast, there'll be a page on this episode with some of the episode notes possibly a transcript. I'm not sure about that yet. And any links that we mentioned for you to check out. So Richard, thanks so much. Really appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. And as I say, looking forward to catching up in the States. Later yeah, this year. I, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And if you really enjoyed this episode, we'd really love it if you'd go and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Much appreciated. Until next time, stay safe. Practice aloha, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Remote Millionaires Podcast. Now, if what you heard today resonates with you and you want to continue the conversation, then I want to personally invite you to click the link below and schedule your free Remote Millionaires business development call. 
where we'll analyze your business and your situation and show you exactly how to accelerate your results and build a wildly successful business you can run from anywhere. Until next time. 